Hey everyone, welcome to Superwomen. Today's guest is Patty Essay, known as the Duchess of Decorum. She is followed by over 800,000 people. She has established herself as the expert of the P's and Q's. Now that might be controversial in today's I do whatever the F I want, but she has a lot of great financial advice as well as how to be a strong and powerful woman and have a clean desk. So take a listen. Welcome to the podcast, Patty. I'm happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. I'm very excited. I am so impressed with how swiftly you have grown your social following with all that you offer. Um, So I'm so curious, what were you doing before? Well, I have a few different lives. I have um, traditionally, I was a lawyer. I was a prosecuting attorney. Um, right after law school. And I did that for about five years. And then I moved to California and I just sort of fell into financial services. So I have been in financial services since 2001. And um, I've worked in a lot of areas in financial services. I've worked in traditional banking in investment banking, where I was raising money for private equity funds. And now I'm the uh, SVP of mergers and acquisitions financing at a bank. Wow. So you do all this uh, as known as the Duchess of Decorum in your spare time? Because that's impressive. <laughs> yes. Duchess of Decorum. Yes, I do that in, in my spare time. Uh, don't have a lot of it now because it takes a lot of time to do the Duchess of Decorum um, things. But yeah, it's it's something that's taken off. So I love it. So I don't mind doing it. So what inspired this? Because you quickly grew to... 800,000 plus followers. It probably is more at this point. Some of your TikToks have over 3.7 million likes. Yeah. So what inspired me was um, I have always done a lot of work with big brothers and big sisters. I was a big sister in the program. And right before the pandemic, I was scheduled to speak at some of their events. And when the pandemic hit, everything shut down. So I had all this great information in my head and I didn't have a platform for it. So one night, 2.30 in the morning, I just woke up. I was like, why don't I start making videos? So I started to make these videos and um, it took off. And really, the reason that I started doing it is because I want to give back. You know, I come from a very underserved background. I was an immigrant. I didn't speak a word of English when I came to the U.S. And um, I found myself really struggling finding my way around society and in social settings that I made a lot of mistakes. So I wanted to make these videos so I could teach people things that I wish I knew to help them navigate life a little better so they don't make the same mistakes as I did. I love that. So you're not only tackling financial intelligence, but you're also tackling workplace etiquette and I would love and financial literacy. And I would love to dive into that because I feel like culturally While everyone wants to wear sweatpants all the time, I think sometimes, I still do, but it leaches into how we behave. And, you know, I'll tell people sometimes there's a casualness at the workplace that maybe shouldn't be there sometimes, you know? And so would love to hear what you have to say about, you know, how you've seen the workplace change and, and how to establish more power for women in the workplace. Absolutely. So, As far as attire, I always say you have to look the part regardless of what you're doing. So 
if you're going swimming, you're not going to be in a suit, right? If you're going out to dinner for an evening, you're, you're not going to be wearing a suit there, or you're not going to be wearing a swimsuit. The same thing for work. There is such thing as professional work attire. And you cannot wear anything to work that I always say that you would wear to the beach or to the pool or to a nightclub. That's really the great way of thinking about it. So, or to the gym. I'm sorry, I left the gym part out. So if you really think of it that way, you will understand that in a work environment, you have to look nice, neat, and put together. You don't always have to be in a suit. It really depends on what industry you're working in. Some industries do require you to show up in a suit every day. But the best way to gauge that is you walk in and you look around. What are people wearing? Are people wearing suits and ties? And if they are, that's what you should be wearing. If you you know you walk walk in and people are wearing very casual clothing, and that happens a lot in like the artistic type industries, then you might be okay being more casual. So read the room is you know what I always say when it comes to work attire, and also as far as women, you know women unfortunately have have had it hard in the workplace, and we have a difficult time being taken seriously as it is. So we really have to make sure that we dress appropriately for work, which means you don't wear anything that's revealing, anything that's really tight. Um, None of that comes off as very professional. And it really gives people excuses to judge you. And um, right or wrong, that's just what happens. And as a woman, uh, we are really struggling to be equals in the workplace. So you don't want to give anybody any more ammunition to judge you in a negative way or a reason not to promote you. So I think, you know, I grew up in a, in a time where that was the case, but do you think that Gen Z actually cares? Because I see them wearing whatever the F they want and demanding the things that I only dreamt about demanding. Do you think that, that there's been a seismic shift there? I think they're trying to make a seismic shift. And they're saying, yeah, I don't care. I can wear whatever I want. But that doesn't change the perception of their boss because their boss is not Gen Z. And their boss's boss isn't Gen Z. And their boss's boss's boss isn't Gen Z. So, um, yeah, you know, they, they have this like, yeah, I don't give an F attitude. I wear whatever I want. Well, yeah, you can wear whatever you want. But understand that that could hinder your ability to move up in the workplace. So it's not a free-for-all. Whatever you do in life, there's always rules. And I think that's one of the issues that I have with Gen Z is like, oh, there's no rules. But no, there are rules. And unfortunately, if you don't abide by them, there are consequences. Yeah, I think that's the rude awakening that some people don't want to know about. But Or, or, or we just have the great resignation where someone's like, well, I don't want those rules. I quit. <laughs> Right, right. But you, you know, I read this article about the great resignation. Yes, they're quitting, but they're going into jobs that they actually like. But those jobs also have rules. So you're not ever, it's it's not an anarchy, right? I mean, it's not like you're never going to be in a situation, regardless of what job you go to, where there, there aren't any rules and you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, totally. Totally. So in terms of, you know, one of one of the topics you're you talk about a lot is how you shouldn't be bringing your personal issues to work and that resonated with me because 
I used to want to be the type of leader that would listen to everyone's personal issues. And I would try to like, try to make my workplace a solve for their misery that they were experiencing personally. (laughs) And I thought it would improve our culture and it did the opposite. And I would be curious what you have to say about that. I think that there's a fine line. So, um, I, I am a firm believer that you do not bring your personal issues to work, that you check it at the door when you walk in. Because when you are at work, your employer is paying you to do a job during those certain hours. And during those hours, those hours don't belong to you. They belong to your employer. So that means your personal issues or anything that you have going on personally have no place during those hours. Um, as a leader... I think it's important that you acknowledge the personal issues that your em- employees have because we're not robots, right? So I-, I think acknowledgement of them is okay, but it has to be very limited acknowledgement and saying, how can I help you continue to do your job in an effective way? So when you're acknowledging it, it is all related to them doing their job properly and not you being the therapist. Because if that's the case, then everyone's just going to think, okay, well, if if I have a personal issue, then Rebecca's just going to be cool with it and let me have the day off or I can just cry all day and not get my work done. And that, that's the way it typically backfires. Yeah, totally. And the messy desk. Yes. Oh, the messy desk. My goodness. So you're environment is a reflection of who you are as a person. So if your desk is messy, that gives the impression, whether true or not, and typically it is true, that you are not an organized person and that you may be a little scatterbrained and that they're not going to be able to rely on you for things that require organization. So when people walk by your desk and see that, it's a reflection on you and a negative reflection. And at the same time, it really impacts your coworkers because who wants to be looking at a messy desk? Like I remember I, I had someone that I worked with that their desk was so messy. It, it truly, truly was distracting to me. So that could be distracting to a coworker and they can even report you to HR for that. And you can even get in trouble for that. So a messy desk is a horrible idea. This isn't your personal space. This is a work environment and you have to keep it clean. So do you feel like you ever get attacked? Like you're, you're obviously putting important rules for success, but I feel like we've been again in such a place where it's like, do whatever, be whatever, act whatever. Do people come at you ever for, for, for this or it's been well-received. I mean, clearly you, you have- Oh no, Re- Rebecca, it, I think I have the record for someone being called Karen in the history of the United States. Oh, <laughs> like, no. um, yeah, I, I get so much, just so much backlash or you're a Karen or, you know, you're, you're what's wrong with this society. You're a slave driver. You're this. I mean, I can't even tell you um, the comments that I get, but you know, for every one comment that I get like that, I probably get three comments saying, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I made adjustments at work and it's truly helped me. So that's why those comments really don't bother me because, you know, if I'm helping one person, that's all that matters. I love it. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's get into financial intelligence because clearly the old fashioned, the man should be the provider. They should take care of me is still deeply integrated. Even if you have a very feminist person, you know, I still want the diamond jewelry, right? I still want my husband to to do those things. So I'd love to get into like, how do you, how do you advise women to maintain power and financial independence in a relationship or marriage mm-hmm. and why you should never date a broke man? All right. So let my two favorite topics. So we'll start with the first one. Um, You know, the whole the man should be the protector and provider. We have to understand that we have been brainwashed to believe that this is something that we're hardwired for. And that couldn't be further from the truth. If you look at indigenous societies, there's no such thing as a man being the protector and provider and the woman just being at home. Um, The woman fought right along with the men. They hunted right along with the men. It wasn't until the industrial revolution and religion and the rules of marriage that came into play where women were seen as the property of the man. So they couldn't work. They couldn't have bank accounts. So the man, because of that, had to take care of them, just like he was obligated to take care of any of of his other properties, his goats, his cattle, his house, and his woman. So that's where those notions come from that a man is supposed to provide and protect. And all that is, is due to seeing women as property. Now today, obviously, we are not seen as property of a man. But what happens is that the idea that a man should provide and protect for us takes away our power in the relationship. Because if a person is always paying for something constantly, they are naturally going to have more control and more say-so over what happens in the relationship. There's an old adage that says, he who controls the gold makes the rules. So you will see as a woman that eventually you will start to have less and less say-so in what happens in the relationship and you're going to lose your power. And the only way to gain it is to be financially independent, make your own money and contribute financially into the relationship. Um, If you don't, you're putting yourself in a very scary position because one of the top reasons that women stay in toxic and abusive relationships is because they don't have a choice of getting out because they can't support themselves. So when you're supporting yourself, 
You are putting your man on notice that you're in this relationship because you want to be and not because you have to be and you have choices and you may not choose him. And that is going to prevent him from saying and doing ridiculous things because he understands that you can leave at any time versus if he's like, well, where's she going to go? She doesn't have any money. And that's a great way for us to maintain our power is to provide for ourselves. That's not to say that we can accept a diamond ring. Um, you know, I recently got engaged. My fiance gave me a diamond ring. That's great. That's a gift. I give, I give him very nice gifts as well. But we both contribute to our relationship. So that's the answer to the first part. Um, the second part about don't ever date a broke dude. That is for women that are financially independent. I'm not saying women that are broke. This is for a woman who is financially independent. And this woman is typically the woman who has busted her butt, who has a lot of ambition, who's worked very hard to get to where she is. And if you've done that, why would you ever want to be with a guy who doesn't have the same ambition, who hasn't worked as hard, who's just happy laying on the couch and just letting you provide for everything. And in the beginning, you don't really mind because I always say in the beginning of a relationship, you're looking at each other through love goggles. So you're happy to spend the money. You're, you just don't see any of it. But after a while, those love goggles fade. And then you'll see that this guy brings nothing to the table but a knife and a fork. And you will start resenting him. You will start disrespecting him. And when a woman lose, res loses respect for a man, it's a complete wrap. And that is the, the deterioration of the relationship. Yeah, I think what always shocked me is, you know, with the first part of what you said, my husband and I, when we both didn't have money, we and we had kids, we said, let's have a joint account and we each have our own separate accounts. And then there was never any argument about what the family needs. And we both put X amount in and as one financially did better, that person put in more just because of the percentage. Sure. But, you know, a, a good friend of mine and her husband, she makes more than him and he still decides what, what she gets suspended on. And I was blown away when I was like, is this still a thing? Right. And yet yeah, that's why I always preach that everyone should have their own separate accounts. Yeah. You, you know, the, I get so many co comments on my TikTok videos saying, when you get married, you become one. Well, that's not true. That's a fairy tale. You still have two two separate social security numbers, two separate driver's licenses, you know. You're not one person. And you have to maintain your power in the relationship. The only way to do that is to be financially independent and one of the ways is to have separate accounts. There's nothing wrong with that. You can contribute to a household fund based on the percentages of income, but the money that you make is your own and you could do what Ever the heck you want with it because what's the point of making your own money if you can't control it exactly and I think that some women probably felt like well I don't know how to control it so let me give it to someone that knows more than me and that's a slippery slope exactly and why would you assume that your husband knows more than you right I mean that's that that's just that's just an, another assumption that we've been brainwashed to believe and there's so many resources out there for everybody not just women that will show you what you're supposed to do with your money that probably are better than what your husband has to offer. You can get, you know, a financial advisor that can tell you that. Totally. So let's talk about um, your quote, I'm rich, bitch. 
I love it. Um, let's go deep here because I'd love to, you know, I, you had sent through like how many accounts do you really need and how you keep a budget? Um, how do you like, wh- what do you take with your paycheck and where do you spend it? Right. So the, the way that you do it is with, with, with your paycheck, there is a 50, 30, 20 rule. So 50% of what you bring in should go to your needs. That means that means everything that you have to spend money on, like your rent, your car payment, your bills, all the bills go into that 50% needs bucket. Then 30% of what you bring in are toward your wants. So those are things, whatever you want, that's your plan money. You can do whatever you want with it. Then 20% should go into a savings account. And I always say at first you break up that 20%, 10% goes into a savings account and another 10% goes into your emergency fund. And once you have at least six months worth of living expenses in your emergency fund, then that 10% can go back to your savings and you're contributing 20% to your savings going forward. So when someone says, okay, that all sounds great. I'm, I'm a provider. It's COVID's been hard. Inflation is going up. How, how can I even do that? Everything's going to my needs. So you start somewhere. I understand it's not realistic for everybody, but this is just a guideline, right? And you have to understand that just because you can't do it exactly the way I'm saying it doesn't mean that you can't do it at all. So even if you're putting away $5 a week, or $5 a month. It doesn't matter. Just start putting away something and eventually that will build up to something substantial. So if just because you can't do the 50, 30, 20, that's okay. Do whatever you can, but start somewhere. That's good to know. Um, you know, normally my podcasts are about a woman's path and the challenges she encountered, but you have so much information. I feel like I need this to be a seminar for women. <laughs> Sharing, sharing all of your hard-won knowledge because some of this information is so important. So if you're sure. listening in and hearing, not necessarily hearing Patty's personal challenges, uh, I thought it was key that she hear that you hear about you know all of her vast information. Um, but on a personal note, you know what inspired you to even take the financial path, and and how did you find success in it? Because it it is not without challenges and being really uh, strong and forward thinking as a woman in your role? Sure. Uh, for me, it was really hard for me because I am dyslexic. So I suffer from dyslexia and ADHD. And so, you know, in finances, you're dealing with numbers constantly. So it was very, very challenging. But I'll be honest with you, I started at the bottom. I went from being a lawyer, being a prosecuting attorney, Um, to selling credit card processing door to door. And, you know, people are like, well, why did you do that? Why did you do that? And the reason I did that is because I wanted to get into financial services. And I knew that no one was going to give me a job because I didn't have the experience. So I had to work my way up and I, I had blisters on my feet every single day going door to door in the hottest area in LA. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with the Valley, but that's where I was. And um, I sold credit card processing. So after four months of doing that, I was number one in the country. 
And then they gave me a management position. And then I just kind of worked my way up. But one thing that I've learned as a woman, you have to work twice as hard as a man in order to get noticed and in order to get the same amount of praise. It's unfortunate, but it's true. And not only do you have to work twice as hard as a man, but you also have to be twice as confident because we women typically are not bred to be confident. Like it, we're taught to just be humble and quiet and whatnot. And you can't do that. You have to brag about yourself just like the men do. You have to walk into a meeting acting like you own the place just like the men do. You have to walk into an interview with the same confidence that a guy does. And it's typically not natural for us. So that's something that you know I really had to learn how to do. And I think most women don't know how to do as well. And also understanding that you can say, as a woman, you can say the same exact thing in the same exact way, in the same exact tone as a man. And he is going to be seen as, wow, he is just really assertive and confident. And you're going to be seen as bossy and aggressive. And they have tried to shut me up by telling me those things, by calling me bossy, by calling me aggressive. And my response to them is typically, thank you. Because that just tells me that they're seeing me as assertive and confident as they would a man. So those are all the things that, you know, especially in a male dominated industry, you have to face and you have to have a lot of thick skin and you can't let it get get you down. And you just have to have confidence in yourself that you're a survivor. You're just as good, if not better than any man that's sitting in the room with you. And you have to just constantly tell yourself that in order to succeed. I love that you're you're talking. You got so specific about this because I feel like there are a lot of women who use. They almost give power to the things that are n- not in our favor. You're an immigrant. You're a woman. You're right. in a financial industry which is predominantly men. I mean, you could you could have any lever you could pull to be like, well, that's why it didn't happen. And said you said, fuck it. You know. I'm going to be as confident I'm going to act like, and the more we act like, and the more we, you know, having that confidence and having that power, people believe it. And you better believe that men on the other side are doing the same exact thing, you know? Absolutely. And so I just, I just want to underline what you said, because we could use all of these reasons as, as why it didn't happen and be victims, or we could own our power or pretend that we have power if we don't feel it and you will get it. It will come. Yes. You, you, I mean, you just have to, you know, fake it till you make it. And you really do. And you just have to pretend it may not come natural to you, but eventually it will, it will be natural to you if you keep doing it over and over again. I love that. So do you have um, any piece of advice? Uh, you've shared a lot of advice. This whole episode has been advice, but anything <laughs> else I should have asked you that I didn't, that you'd love to share to women listening? I think that women have to just understand how important it is for them to be able to support themselves and stand on their own two feet. I'm very, very passionate about this. And, you know, we talked, we talked about this earlier in the podcast and um, just the consequences of not being able to do that is huge. So please do not ever rely on a man for your financial well-being, because at the end of the day, you are re- relying on a man for your survival. And if 
If that man takes the money away from you, you have nothing. You have zero. And if you think that it's so easy, well, I'm just going to take half. I'm just going to take half, which are a lot of comments I get. It's not that easy, ladies. And until you get half, the accounts are frozen. What are you going to do in the meantime? So I think we all need to understand that marrying someone that is financially independent or financially well off does not mean that we are not required to be financially independent ourselves. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Patty. And uh, I will continue to be a fan and follow you and continue to learn. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.